0: podcasters, Teresa McBean here, down at North Star Community.
1: This is Scott McBean. I'm up at North Star Community.
0: (laughs) And somehow we managed to be together. That's right. Welcome, Scott. Thank you. Welcome, podcast listeners. (laughs) We're going to be talking about forgiveness today. Are our listeners tired of it yet? Because we're not. We've still got a couple of more weeks on the subject.
1: Yeah, although we're doing double what they're doing since we sit down and do the podcast after the messages. So, I think at this point when they're hearing this one, there were still only like two or three into the forgiveness series. So, it, I don't really?
0: know. Holy cow!
1: Of course, they could be listening in person and listening on the via the via the recap as well. So, yeah. I mean, it could be that they're getting. Yeah, it could be. They're getting just as sick of it as, uh, as we might be.
0: Well, I'm not sick of it because I never seem to be able to do a very good job of either giving or receiving it. So I'm always eager to find out what you're going to teach me about forgiveness in the hopes that I get a little more competent at this uh, thing that we talk about. Right. Um, and I think that um, this week... Uh, you're continuing on with the theme, and I'm eager to hear what you have to say about it. So why don't we get started?
1: Okay. You want me to start? I do. Um, Well, uh, so last week um, was the... uh, Last week was kind of a discussion about identity, you know, and sort of the... um, You know, we use this passage where Jesus um, finds this woman who's been... You know, the, this crowd of people brings this woman to Jesus and, and basically says, she was caught in adultery, we should stone her. And Jesus basically, uh, through being very clever, convinces the crowd to go away by saying, whoever hasn't sinned, cast the first stone. And then he says to her, go and sin no more. And essentially, the way we talked about this last week is this is kind of an invitation to um, ditch the identity that you've been given. You know, right. for her, one could imagine you know "slut" being the identity. Right. You know, as dirty of a word as that is, and, right. um, and that we don't have to that that we don't have to just think about forgiveness in terms of being um, having having past deeds washed away, right? right? But also an opportunity to then get that clean slate to think about who we want to be in the world and then pursuing that, right? There's like two sides to it. There's right. the getting rid of the negatives. Yep. And then, and I just made an eraser Mark. Uh, symbol with my hand, you know, like erasing. <laughs> um, there's getting rid of the negative, but there's also then the opportunity to pursue the positive. And I didn't want us to lose sight of that of that ability to pursue the positive. And that's kind of what we talked about last
0: week. And I think when we think about the messages that I've been given uh, on this, that the point that would be good to remember is uh, this idea that this is really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, when someone gives us forgiveness, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's hard because to receive it means that you are acknowledging that you needed it. Yeah. And then you've got to live with the consequences of needing it. And so I think that because we don't think of it as the opportunity for a new beginning, a second chance, a new way of doing and being and seeing, then um, I think we try to sidestep this idea that we need it. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, because we don't have experience... With this fresh start, erasing the past, doing being seen differently, I also believe that it possibly might mean that we have trouble giving forgiveness, because heck, if it's if it doesn't change our future going forward, I doubt that we very often think it's going to change the future of the people uh, that we forgive. So we hesitate to forgive because we've already been hurt once and we expect to be smacked again or betrayed again. So I think it all... There's a couple of
1: things there. One Comes together. Yeah, there's a couple of things there. One is sometimes forgiveness, we have the experience of having a choice over it and sometimes we don't and you know, there's this question of what makes it feel like a choice versus not, you know, and one of the things you've talked about is there's some research out there on forgiveness that suggests that it's something that it feels like it just comes to you out of nowhere. There's not a whole lot, you know, we can do with that. There's also the research that shows that when you're aware of your own forgiveness, you become more forgiving. Right. And I suspect that part of that has to do with the fact that um when you've been hurt very deeply and are unaware of the ways in which you hurt and sometimes people are 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 hurt far more deeply than they've hurt others right that right. is a real thing that happens um yeah. all the time um but when you're the the challenge of being in that situation is that um i think it's it's just so much harder to leave the place of feeling wronged and victimized and then wanting revenge or just being bitter, right? Like right. I think that when you're, the harms caused to you are so much greater than the harms you've caused. I think it's uh, way harder to avoid being bitter. Right. And um, for those people, I just think my heart goes out to you. Yeah. You know, I mean, we hope that we hope that what the research shows is something that that ends up applying to your own, to your life too where even though your harms may be on a much smaller scale than what you've experienced it creates some strange form of generosity or it opens up a possibility for something that that seems so impossible i, I you know i don't know what happens and i don't know how it works i'll, I'll be the first to admit that and i would just say most of us would agree that we're better off if we're not living in that place of bitterness and we don't quite know how to get there. And I hope it happens for you.
0: Yeah. I think um, in the lives of people that I've seen it happen too, and I think in my own life on those rare occasions when I've experienced it, my own personal experience supports the idea that forgiveness our capacity for give kind of shows up as a mysterious gift. And I think that the research study also shows that that many people have done a lot of things to encourage becoming a forgiving person mm-hmm. along the way. So it's sort of both and. You're, do, you're following the advice that people have given you, right? Keep a gratitude list, mm-hmm. right? Be self-reflective so that you keep the other person's offenses and your offenses in perspective. Uh, think about the concept of grace and mercy and bearing the image of God. Stay in a community and with people who support grace, mercy, and forgiveness over bitterness, vengeance, and revenge. All those things that a lot of these people were doing and they said for a long time it didn't make much difference and then one day it did. So I think that it's, I think when it comes to forgiveness, geez, throw the kitchen sink at it because it's so hard. Yeah, um, But I mean, even and, at that, it's mysterious.
1: Well, and my, my thought on that is, is you know, I think that research sounds a little misleading because... I think that just because you have the experience one day of feeling like all of a sudden it's come, it's the product of all of those things that led up to it. Right. Right. And it was in the process of coming for quite some time before you get the awareness that, hey, it's here. Right. But that's also only, I mean, we've talked about different forms of forgiveness. I mean, that's the piece about forgiveness taking place at the emotional level. Right. Whereas you 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 no longer have the resentment and the bitterness and I think one of the things we've tried to stress over the series is that that is that's a very cultural version of forgiveness to talk right. about in terms of like negative feelings going to neutral feelings or even positive feelings. And one of the things we've tried to stress is that if you are not Um, acting out against the person who harmed you, then you are practicing a very biblical version of forgiveness. And that way it can be present long before this emotional piece.
0: So to reiterate, what we've really been hammering home on is we believe that the biblical framework for forgiveness is actually a very low bar which is you are in the process of being a forgiving person if you constrain yourself from seeking revenge. Can and, I and phrase
1: you, that a little differently? Sure. I um, I think you'll agree with me when I say this. I don't like the low bar language.
0: Oh, come on. So It makes for a great image when you're doing the message because then you just step over a little bar. You give somebody a little step. Yeah, I, get, I know I'll agree with you. Your language is always better than mine. What do you want to say? It's not. It's it not. It is. It is. Go. So
1: I want people to realize that not taking revenge is actually a really difficult thing, right? And I want people to be able to take credit for, because I think there's there's a couple of things. Number one, I want people to be able to take credit for the good that they do right? when they think like, well, of course I wouldn't seek revenge. Right? And I'm like, well, that isn't as obvious as you think. And right. the fact that you have not done it is really important and you should be totally willing to pat yourself on the back for that. Now, on the other hand, sometimes we seek revenge in ways that we would never call revenge. Right. Right? There's lots of passive aggressive stuff that we do.
0: Ooh, there's a lot of poking going
1: on. There's there. lots of aggressive stuff that we do even from time to time that we're thinking— of revenge as if I do the exact same thing to you that you did to me. Revenge is much broader than that, right? right. It's not just if somebody slaps you across the face. It's not just slapping them back, right? It could be um, m- taking little verbal jabs at them over the next thirty years that make them feel like a piece of crap. You know. Can
0: I give you an example? Sure. So um, I'm working- So, well,
1: let me finish that thought and then let's do that. So I think, because I was kind of rambly there. So to summarize, I want people to be able to take credit for not seeking revenge because I think that's important and I think people don't often do it. Now, on the other hand, I want people to think very deeply about what could constitute revenge in ways that aren't obvious. That's very important to me as well. Yes.
0: Well, that is the hard part of it, right? So- I think it's both and. But what the, low, the low case bar thing us. makes
1: sense to me because what we're trying to say is it's easier than you think in the sense that you can be doing forgiveness much sooner than you think yes. if it's not just an emotional thing. Yes. That's the point of the low bar is like you can be participating in forgiveness the second you stop seeking revenge, even if your emotions are all out of sorts.
0: Yes. And, and, and that's the part that, that is important to me because... I think we have been given this cultural example of forgiveness.
1: that's so that's way too hard
0: that nobody does
1: right. right.
0: I mean, nobody has ever done that. Even Jesus. I don't think Jesus did it. but <laughs> I'd have to go back and well, review my Bible notes to know. see if I can really support that.
1: It might be dangerous.
0: um so can I give you an example? Yeah, yeah. So your point was, you know, you better be careful about how you seek revenge, right? Yeah. So I have friends that are going through a divorce. And um, I'm um, Facebook friends with them. And what I would say, hypothetically speaking, in a very general and anonymous way, is that memes can be sharp knives to the heart. Yeah. Especially memes that then your friends comment on. Right. And my heart feels so tenderized by watching the meme war that's going on right now Mm -hmm. Um, because they have teenage children, six of them, and you can't tell me that one of those six of those children is not also on Facebook and reading their memes. And so it it just kills my heart. Uh, to see that. So I agree that, that um, so I we think better be thinking long and hard about what revenge looks like.
1: I think that's a really good example that actually leads into kind of where this message started. We've kind of done a long prelude, which is good because it's good stuff. And I think it's important to rehash. But I think that um, there's this question of what helps people become better versions of themselves. Right. And you know, the things that we all think are good, that we want to receive, that we know help us become better versions of ourselves are rarely the things that we offer others.
0: Could you say that again? Just so the, that the, the list things,
1: are. yeah, the things that we want other people to give us so that we can become better versions of ourselves are rarely the things that we, Offer others. And this example is an example of that, which is like, um, I, you know, I don't know I don't know who you're talking about, but I've seen this kind of thing on Facebook before in slightly different iterations. And what it suggests to me is that we want people to change. and the way that we often go about change is through um, tearing each other down, building up shame, um, pointing out wrongdoings, making demands. Like, that is um, so much of what I see happen in marriages when you want somebody else to change. It becomes this competition. It becomes a fight over every little thing. And, you know, if I I point out the thing this person does wrong enough times, then they're going to change it. Where in reality, what research shows is that people tend to um, make changes towards the positive when they feel uh, accepted, when they feel like another person empathizes with their situation, which is to say that they um, can more or less understand from your perspective how, you, how and why you're living the way you are. Right. Um, being affirmed. You know, having genuine relationships with others, which is to say that uh, what we see on the outside and how we behave towards each other is similar to what we feel on the inside, even if it's negative. Right. Right? It's important that, you know, it's important that people get the message that even when we have negative feelings about them, that they know what those negative feelings are and why. Right. Negative feelings in and of themselves are not a bad thing in relationships. They're not relationship enders. They're really important parts of establishing trust. Because if you say everything's great, but you're giving the person the cold shoulder, that's a real problem for relationships because you don't know where you stand and you don't know why you don't know where you stand.
0: Right. And we would refer people to all of John Gottman's research on that. If people would like to study more, but go ahead.
1: Yeah. And there's, there's others as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then to view each other in a positive light, you know, as much as possible that's really the goal. So in other words, when somebody else that we're in relationship with offers us empathy, uh, is genuine with us and views us in a positive light, those are kind of the three big things from that list. Um, those are the three that research really points to. Um, that's when we start making changes for the better. So when we get in these shame wars and the, you know, the, I guess the meme war that, you know, I don't know, um, or the, these competitions and these battles, I mean, those are things that Those are things that tear us down, you know, and it, and it makes sense, you know, when somebody else does it to you and you feel torn down, you realize this is not helping me change. But so often that is what we do to others.
0: Right. Right. So I think if being treated with loving concern and empathy and affirmation and love helps us become more loving people. Um then I think this is roughly what forgiveness is supposed to feel like, right? So these things are very connected.
1: Yeah, and that's, you know, that was where we tied it in, you know, to the story of the woman from the prior week, and then in this week we looked at the story of Jesus healing the paralytic man. Um or, you know, however However, we're supposed to say that these days, I'm not exactly sure, but there's this man who has an injury and Jesus heals him and he, he says kind of a similar, uh, he, he says, you know, your sins are forgiven, right? you know, and, and we could look at that as a shame thing, but instead, you know, I'm looking at that as, as again, an invitation to a new kind of life. Like he's just given this man a life who's had no life. Right. Um, who's probably been excluded. He seems to have a couple friends, but has probably been mostly excluded and been on the outside. Uh, people view him as having an injury because he's sinful. And so what Jesus is doing is saying, this is what I've got to work with. These people around you think that you've sinned, and so what I'm saying is they're forgiven, and now you have an opportunity to go and, and live a new and different kind of life. And I think that that's what I, you know, in this you know, we could say, why does it matter what helps us become better versions of ourselves in the conversation of forgiveness? And I'm saying that I think we're going to become more forgiving people if we're able to create a climate of mainly these three things of empathy, genuineness, and, and being able to hold each other in in a positive light. I think that if if we can create a community where that's the atmosphere is those three things, mm-hmm. I think forgiveness is gonna be um, included as part of that equation almost by default.
0: Right, right. Um,
1: it's not really by default because those, those three things are, are like nearly impossible to offer to other people on right. an extended basis. Right. But I think that there's all kinds of side benefits to being able to do that um really big ones and forgiveness is a really big one and it, it's huge It's my guess yeah that it would that it would be part of that package
0: yeah Yeah I love that statement you just made that you know when Jesus is making these statements uh, a lot of times he's making the statements within the context of that he's got to work with with the people surrounding him, right? Right. And what he's doing, I think, there, if you're right about this, which I have no reason to think you're not, but if you're right about this, then he's really taken into account um, with great empathy, understanding where the people are coming from and saying, you know, I can I can work with where you are. Right, Mm -hmm. And if I need to use this language to help you get to where I'm encouraging you to go, I'm okay with that. And I love that. Um, I love that as a teacher because I think that that's that's, um, often important to me. Yeah. Um, You know, we have folks say to us all the time, hey, Saturday night message and Sunday morning message are very different. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, I always say thank you when somebody says that, although I'm not sure um, necessarily what somebody's saying, you know, when they say it. But I say thank you because uh, I, I think we could give the exact same message both times. Um, but there is something about the wonderful interchange in the dialogue between the listener and the facilitator that needs to be respected. And, um, so when I see Jesus doing this, I'm like, oh, this is a good, this is a good model to follow for me. Yeah. As a pastor.
1: Um, so I think, you know, in talking about using these attributes, the, um, Empathy, the genuineness, and the in the positive regard for each other, the thinking about those things as a culture or an atmosphere. Um, again, one of the things that that I that I want us to remember is that harm and resentment are cumulative things, and they have cumulative effects on who we are as people. Right. So, like when you've been deeply, deeply harmed. <laughs> That changes you in a way, and you carry something with you, right? right. I mean, sometimes right. it's bitterness, sometimes it's anxiety, sometimes right. it's, you know, there are things that we now carry around with us that are part of who we are because we've been harmed and because um, we have resentment, right? And, and, and ju- let's just say justified resentment, you know? Right.
0: And- or or I, I also like the fact that you included anxiety in, in, in there, you know, um, because it's not always resentment,
1: Right, but so the point is that the our negative experiences in life shape who we are as people, right? And so even if you are able to forgive a person for one thing, you may still be carrying around with you the, the after effects of the harm, right? And so what I want us to be thinking about as a community or what I want, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not part of our community, but maybe this is something you could take back to your own community— is the idea that you know we can do the opposite as well? Like we can create, uh, we can rely on these three positive attributes that we've talked about: the empathy, the genuineness, and the positive regard for each other. You know, let's create an atmosphere of that. That also changes our identity and who we are, right? I mean, because the yes. harm and the and the bitterness that comes from that, and the resentment that comes from that, may prevent us from forgiving when we need to, or may make the process take longer than it should. Even if we're not doing the revenge thing, and we're already kind of in forgiveness territory, but then let's think about the opposite as well: as if we're able to create a really positive environment where people are held in high esteem, and they and they view and they're able to interact with each other empathetically, um, and they're able to be very genuine with one another. What are the effects? You know, can we even predict what the effects of that are in becoming? Uh, people who have new attributes because we've been um, so loved.
0: And, you know, I loved. you had a statement in there that I loved, which is um, in in your message when you said it, I think, where you said something like, let's put the cart before the horse. Mm -hmm. And I would add one of my favorite statements in that is let's do it all willy nilly. And let's not make it one-to-one correlation. Like you don't have to, express these three things in one of your difficult relationships. Let's pray that somebody else can express that in one of your difficult relationships. But, geez, do it for a stranger. Yeah. Uh, Do it any way you can. Look for a way to put the cart before the horse in terms of positive regard and empathy. Um, And to that end, can I tell a quick story?
1: Well, let let me tag on and and finish that thought first, which is... Um, I think that, you know, as a community, if you can treat other people as if they're forgiven, even if they're not the ones who've harmed you, then they can receive forgiveness from somebody other than who they've harmed, right? right? And I think that in that way, we're giving each other the opportunity to become better versions of ourselves, regardless of what's happening specifically in the relationship between the person harmed and the person who's done the harming Right. right and that and that and that that's the part that i really want to drive home we can think about harm caused harm received and healing as be as happening in a much larger scope than just in that specific relationship like right. we can help other people feel forgiven we can help other people feel loved who are not the people who've harmed us and 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 to me that's such a that's such a lovely thought because um, sometimes it's just too hard for those things to happen in those relationships, but that doesn't mean we're all screwed. We can still create an atmosphere where all of us can become better versions of ourselves right. and know that those relationships are always going to be a challenge, but that humanity itself isn't screwed. Right. We can still help each other grow. Harm, wrong, uh, the The person who caused the harm and the person who received it both. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I just think, you know, look for the moment where you can all willy-nilly put a cart before a horse because you never know who can't do it for that person, of which there'd be no judgment, right? Because they maybe have caused great harm and maybe they they feel like they've made poor choices or maybe maybe other people are having to hold a different kind of boundary with them for very different reasons. And we don't need to judge that, but we can run around putting carts before the horse, Mm -hmm. all willy-nilly over and over again.
1: Okay. You you had an example.
0: So th- this is sort of a cart before the horse, willy-nilly kind of positive regard. But I ran into a stranger who happened while I was purchasing some things to tell me her big dream for life. And it was all jokey, jokey because I had purchased four bar stools um, that swiveled. And um, her big dream was to be able to be uh, a hairstylist. Mm-hmm. And she had had her eye on these chairs, and now I had just bought the last one. Um, and so I took only three home and gave her one of the four. And um, I did it uh, because of this message. Um, because she wasn't doing hair She's standing in a counter, um, in a store, um, as a clerk, um, ringing up people's purchases. And I know she doesn't even make enough money to be able to afford this small piece of equipment. So, um, that's probably my favorite gift that I'm going to give to anyone this year. Um, because it's all willy nilly, like, I may never see her again. Mm -hmm. She will never see me again. Um, um, It cost me almost nothing, you know, a couple hundred bucks, uh, which is not jump change, but it was way out of her reach. Mm -hmm. And... um, I think this is what we're talking about when we talk about these three attributes of acceptance and empathy and viewing other people in a positive light. Because when she told me her dream, I thought, there's no way she cannot not reach this dream. This is an attainable dream.
1: Or at so, least, you know, I have the capacity to help you get a few steps closer. Why wouldn't I do that? Almost. Yeah,
0: like, if everybody pitched in... Her dream could be realized sooner rather than later. So why aren't we pitching in um, in the positive light of other people and um, telling them that we believe in them? Yeah. And then um, doing something that in the grand scheme of things is very small for us, but a bunch of little small things gifted to her in a willy-nilly way could change her life.
1: Right. Yep. So long story short, you know, try to treat people with empathy, the people you're in relationship with. Try to show them empathy. Try to see things as they see them and then let them know that you, that you understand, you know, or at least that you, um, maybe not necessarily understand, but let them know that it's okay for you to be the way that you are based on what's happened to you and, and, um, be genuine. And try to view everybody in a positive light and see where that gets us.
0: And you know, on the occasion that there are one or two relationships that you can't do that for, don't focus on that. Don't make that your central focus. Focus on what you can do and practice building up those muscles of uh, unconditional positive regard, acceptance, and empathy. Do what you can And see if you get a little stronger to do what you can in a little bit more challenging and difficult ways. Yep. That's our challenge for you for the day.
1: Yep. All right. Um, We are moving on to our recommendations. What are you going to recommend uh, this week?
0: (laughs) You sound like you're scared. (laughs) Terrified. Terrified. So what I would recommend is that in order to up our capacity to be challenged, sometimes it helps us to be a little bit more intentional. And I would recommend going out and looking for uh, something that can help you be a little bit more focused on your own change, what you want to change about yourself. To that regard, there's some really great uh, tools out there. So the first one I would recommend is Evo, E-V-O. Go online and take a little quiz, and it'll give you a little idea about how your brain might work. And it has a cute little journal that goes with it that's sort of specified to to a certain way of seeing. Um, It's got an online resource where you can um, check in every day, and I have really enjoyed it. If that sounds like too much technology for you, um, and you want to look at something that's that's um, more uh, vision casting and goal oriented in a, in a larger way, um, I'd recommend the Passion Planner. So either one of those are really great resources and, and maybe you'll find one that you really like. If you do, let us know. We'll, we'll, I'll probably go out and buy it because I'm always buying these things because I just love them.
1: Um, I'm going to recommend a book called Listening Well. It's going to be something that we use over the next couple months in conversations that we're going to have at North Star, specifically on Saturday night. But um, if you're a Thursday night person who comes to the family education program or if you have somebody who's struggling with substance use, um, part of the skill set that is really important to build up is the art of listening. Um, and most of us just don't know how to do it and it leads to a lot of unproductive conversations and conversations that um, if they don't create harm, they certainly don't lessen it, right? right. Um, so this is a book about um, learning how to, to listen and um, it can be really helpful if you have a loved one with um, a problem. So William Miller, listening well. We'll have some copies here uh, for sale soon. We have a couple now, but they're going to be they're going to be gone if they're not already gone. Because I know I think a couple of them walked out the door this weekend already, and we only had four. So just be on the lookout for that. They walked out all by themselves. Yeah, they just true. got their yep. grew their
0: little legs and ran yep. out the door.
1: <laughs> you, I mean, obviously you can find it on Amazon. You don't have to wait for us to get copies in here, but um, there you go.
0: This has been great. You probably have heard for me anyway. Thank you, Scott. I've enjoyed our conversation as per <laughs> Um If you um, are, have managed to hang with us the whole time, you're probably hearing some music. It's from Blue Dot Sessions. It's royalty free. And I tell you what, you can say a lot of stupid stuff and put music underneath it and you sound better. You can find it at sessions.blue, and we encourage you to check it out.
1: Yep, we are North Star Community. You can find us at northstarcommunity.com. We appreciate you listening, we'll be back next week.